الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر كبيرا والحمد لله كثيرا وسبحان الله بكرة وأصيلا لا إله إلا الله وحده صدق وعده ونصر عبده وأعز جنده وهزم الأحزاب وحده لا إله إلا الله ولا نعبد إلا إياه مخلصين له الدين ولو كره الكافرون اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وعلى أصحاب سيدنا محمد وعلى أنصار سيدنا محمد وعلى أزواج سيدنا محمد وعلى ذرية سيدنا محمد وسلم تسليما كثيرا الله أكبر Two words Allah and Akbar الله أكبر We say these words But many times we don't feel the significance of what we say. There are many powers, distractions, influences that come through our life on a daily basis on a momentary basis when we say Allahu Akbar what we mean by that is there is nothing in our life in the world in existence absolutely nothing that is more important more prevalent more influential, more powerful than Allah Jalla wa'ala. Nothing. But as you can see, if you observe closely, you see that there are many individuals in the world who say Allahu Akbar, but do not mean Allahu Akbar. There's a difference. You can say it and mean it, and you can say it and ignore it, and you can say it and not mean it, and you can say it and contradict it. This is the real world, brothers and sisters. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects from us when we say it 
is to mean it. And there's quite a distance between what we say and what we mean and therefore what we do. There's quite a distance between here and there. Unfortunately, in our immediate moment, many Muslims, they say Allahu Akbar, if not all the Muslims who say Allahu Akbar. That's the bare minimum that is required. From there on, do we mean what we say? When we fast, that's a step forward, one increment in meaning what we say. Because when I'm fasting throughout the month of Ramadan, and then I come here to the last day of Ramadan and the first day of Shawwal. On a day like this, Al-Eid, I say Allahu Akbar. In one sense, I've done something. I fasted 29 or 30 days. And by doing that, I prove to myself that Allah is more important, has more influence on me than my own desires. But do we stop here? The whole world stops with today, Yawm Al-Eid. The whole world ends here and then we go back in the 11 coming months into the real world and then the meaning of Allahu Akbar fades away and disappears. Is that what is required? Or is this a recharging period? One month that recharges us for the coming 11 months of the year in which not only do we say Allahu Akbar, every Muslim says Allahu Akbar in their prayers, at least, that's the bare minimum. But do we mean it? At another level, when we say Allahu Akbar during the month of Ramadan and after that, and when we practice our siyam, our fasting during the month of Ramadan, what that does to us is it takes us back to our age of innocence. Before we became the mature and responsible Muslims that we are today, we go back to our age of innocence, the formative years of life. When we had no conquering appetites in us. There are two basic appetites that are controlled, inhibited, restricted during this month of Ramadan. And those are the appetites, the appetite for food and the appetite for sex. During the month of Ramadan, 
if we're observing it as we should observe it during the month of Ramadan these appetites are under control they don't run amok they're disciplined they're disciplined to the degree that we return to our age of innocence when these appetites were not in control of us later on when we reach the age of maturity when we reach the age of puberty when we reach the age of responsibility if we can remember we realize that something happened to me I'm no longer in my age of innocence the age of innocence everyone knows if you die in your age of innocence Allah opens the gates of paradise for you whoever you are but something happened along the way in my life where I parted with this age of innocence the month of Ramadan if we are conscientiously observing its meanings takes us back to our age of innocence we are free now and we're supposed to remain free throughout the remainder of the year free of this push and pull that has caused havoc in the world why do we have wars why do we have refugees why do we have poverty why do we have misery tears and blood and sweat throughout the world you can attribute these to these two instincts that control man and man does not control them this is what happens at the most fundamental and basic level we Muslims are supposed to set the record straight and demonstrate that we can conquer these forces of destruction within us we did that as individuals when you were fasting you were conquering your internal self and therefore you were not an animal of your sex or you were not an animal of your stomach and don't think just because Ramadan now is behind us that we are released into the materialistic and animalistic world to do what our instincts our animal our base instincts dictate to us to do no we are in charge of these instincts and they are not in charge of us an outgrowth of a person being a slave to his own carnal desires an outcome of that is the accumulation of power and wealth they go together 
gluttonous and greedy individuals go on to satisfy themselves by accumulating power and wealth. That is why the last ayah in the sequence of ayat in Surah Al-Baqarah that begin with Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu kutiba alaykumu siyamu kama kutiba ala alladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon That's the first ayah. The last ayah in the course of this lesson is وَلَا تَأْكُلُوا أَمْوَالَكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ بِالْبَاطِلِ وَتُدِلُوا بِهَا إِلَى الْحُكَّامِ لِتَأْكُلُوا فَرِيقًا مِنْ أَمْوَالِ النَّاسِ بِالْإِثْمِ وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ This last ayah, after detailing and describing our obligations throughout the month of fasting, tells us, and don't consume your wealth illegitimately, immorally among you. What is happening in today's world? Open your eyes. Observe reality. Why do we have Muslims who fast during the month of Ramadan? Muslims are fasting. Physically fasting. No one can dispute that. I think... Probably, Allahu A'lam, the overwhelming majority of Muslims physically fast. During the day, they abstain from food, from water, and from sex. I don't doubt that. I don't think anyone should doubt that. Of course, we have our straying Muslims who don't do that. But alhamdulillah, they've become numbered. So why is it when we are physically observing our fast, we are socially and economically violating our fast? If we were not violating our fast socially and economically, or socially and financially, to be more precise, if we were not violating our fast, we wouldn't have had Muslims who are dying from hunger. We wouldn't have had Muslims who have no roof over their head. We wouldn't have had Muslims who don't have a country that they can call their own. We wouldn't have had any of that, but we have it. Why? Because we only observe the fast as far as it concerns our body. We don't, and it's all right, brothers and sisters, don't, no one be upset. If we speak the truth about ourselves, we're not, we don't mean to harm ourselves. We only mean to improve ourselves. When we are physically fasting, but spiritually not fasting, that causes a gap. And a shaitan rushes through this gap and he has created animosity among the Muslims. This is the real world. Yesterday and during the past month and today and in the coming 
weeks and months, probably, Allah knows best. There are going to be Muslims who fasted Ramadan, who are bombing Muslims who fasted Ramadan. You tell me, who's fasting here? What justifies for a Muslim? We are supposed to be brothers and sisters of each other. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِخْوَةً الْمُؤْمِنُ أَخُ الْمُؤْمِنُ لَا يَظْلِمُهُ وَإِنْ طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ اقْتَتَلُوا فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمَا The ayat, the hadiths are plenty. Yet, what's wrong with us? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Why do we see blood in the month of Ramadan? Our own blood spilled by our own selves against our societies, our communities, our families. In what name? How can that be justified? Especially when you speak to a Muslim who is fasting or has been fasting, at least in the physical sense. How is that? Oh Allah, we complain. There's no one else to complain to. What can we say? Allah Jalla wa'ala wants us to be as much as we can. He wants us to be happy on this day. But how can anyone be happy when their body is bleeding? They can be happy by saying, I don't belong to this body. An escapist route. What, who, who said you don't belong to this body? Which ayah can you cite that says you don't belong to the Muslims of the world? Which hadith can you quote which means you do not belong to the Muslims of this world? Oh Allah, our body is bleeding and you expect us to be happy. You want us to be happy. It's not because of you that we are not happy. It's because of our own selves that we cannot be happy. And then we return to you when we say, Allahu Akbar. This is a day. Zayinu a'yadakum bittakbirat. The Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his, says, decorate your a'yad, your holidays, with the verbalization of Allahu Akbar, with these takbirat, Allahu Akbar. So when we say that, what we mean is Allah is more influential. Allah is more powerful. Allah is more prevalent in myself than are these wounds in my body. Allah is more important 
then the wounds that we are inflicting upon our own selves and we shall with Allah's help and with his guidance we shall recover from these exceptional times and when we do recover we will recover healthier more robust and more determined than ever before to proceed on as-sirat al-mustaqim Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum ud'uhu subhanahu wa antum muqinuna bil ijabah watubu ila Allah ghafir al-dhanb wa qabil at-tawb shadid al-'iqab wa ilayhi al-masir Allahu akbar Allahu akbar Allahu akbar This month of every year teaches us a very guiding moral and social lesson and that is by our physical devotion to Allah that extends into our own selves by fasting what are we doing let's let's take a look at what we do when we fast and along with the fast the other obligations that go with it what we are doing is we are weakening out in the in the worldly physical material sense we are weakening our bodies but in proportion to the weakness of our bodies there this there's a strength in our willpower if there is no exchange between the weakness of the body and the strength of the willpower there's something malfunctioning in the observance of fasting when our will power increases and we have all of these influences coming at us in life and we have now this muscular will power if you will what we do here is with these trends and attractions and incentives coming at us what we do is we resist what we in our physical selves want we resist what our bodies demand and the world has been playing havoc with our bodies there's a, a, a an invisible hand in the market that has taken control of our appetites 
They tell us what is sweet. Oh no. They manufacture what is sweet to prefer it over Allah's God-given sweetness. The same thing can be said about the sexual desire. So much so that perversion now is moving in to become the norm. Sexual perversion is quickly becoming the norm. Why? Because they they took control over our desires. And they did it in a substantial way. this, This didn't happen in two days or two months. This took many generations for us to be where we are today. Our appetites are out of control and therefore our management of our social affairs are out of control. What do you say if someone told you that the leader of the Muslims in the time, in the first generation of Muslims, 1400 years ago, the leader of the Muslims went and sat down with the emperor or the chief executive or the king of a major power in that day. Let me be more frank with you. Assume for a moment, and I'm not saying this because it's a fraction of my imagination. This is the real world. Assume for a moment that Abba Bakrin or Omar or Uthman or Ali, they went and they sat with the emperor of Byzantium or the emperor of Persia. They went and sat with them and they watched a sports game. Would you call Abu Bakr or Omar or Uthman or Imam Ali, would you call them the leader of the Muslims? Today, we have individuals who say they are the leaders. They call them Wali al-Amr, Awliya Umurina. And they go and they sit, they dine, they have a good time, they saturate their appetites with those who are responsible, those who are manufacturing the instruments of death that are killing us. The mental instruments of death and the military instruments of death. You consider those to be the leaders of the Muslims. You know, do I have to do I have to come down and, and, and use the name? You know exactly who I am referring to. There's not one or two or three of them. There are tens of them. They've sold us out. And they fast remember they fasted Ramadan. I don't question that. If someone comes to me and asks me, do you think these types they fast Ramadan, they don't eat and drink and etc. during the day. I don't doubt that. But if you fast just because you want Rubba Sa'at, the Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his, says, 
رب صائم ما له من صومه إلا الجوع والعطش. There may be a person who is fasting and the only thing he gets out of his fast is his thirst, is his hunger and his thirst. رب صائم ما له من صومه إلا الجوع والعطش. These are the types that we see. They have a lot of money going around. They've, their influence has even made inroads into what many years ago would have been impossible for us to believe that they could do that. But they did it. And now we are living with the consequences of that. How do they fast? In their hearts, in their souls. In the core of themselves. How do they fast? And then they rationalize and they get away with killing other Muslims. Either an immediate death when they drop bombs or a slow death with their takfiri ideas. If we want to even elevate it to ideas. They have no ideas. These are notions. From the bombs that they are dropping to the seeds of takfir that they are planting in the minds of people. This brought us to where we are now. And so when we say Allahu Akbar, we mean that Allah is more prevalent, more preponderant, more powerful than any of this that is going around us. We know this is going to pass. The Time and the world are not going to stop here. There's a tomorrow, there's a next year, there's a next generation, there's a next century. And in that, when we remember when we say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar kabira, walhamdulillahi kathira. We follow that up by saying, and all thanks and praise are due to Allah. This would seem contradictory. I'm thanking Allah when my body is bleeding you will not be able to thank Allah when your body is bleeding and you don't acknowledge that he is more important than your bleeding body yeah at that time there's a contradiction but you cleared the air when you said Allahu Akbar Allah is greater than everything and anything else then after that you can say Walhamdulillahi kathira. All appreciation and all gratitude is due to Allah. Multiple times, even though we are going through the times that we are going through. We hope and we pray and we plead with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the future generation, when they these young ones that we have among us, when they have their Eid, they will not have to go through what we are going through today. We want them to inherit a better tomorrow and try to stay truthful to the words that you utter on this day. Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allah is much more important than a bullet in a body.
or a bomb in a town or in these other physical and military assaults that the Muslims are suffering from. Allah is greater than all of that. Allah will prevail and therefore when the time comes we will prove to ourselves that it wasn't we who did it. It was Allah who did it. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna attiba'ah wa arina al-batila batilan warzuqna ajtinabah wa la taj'alhum ultabisan alayna waj'alna lilmuttaqina imama Rabbi awzi'ni an ashkura ni'mataka allati an'amta alayya wa ala walidayya وأن أعمل صالحا ترضاه وأدخلني برحمتك في عبادك الصالحين ربنا افتح بيننا وبين قومنا بالحق وأنت خير الفاتحين ربنا لا تجعلنا فتنة للقوم الظالمين ربنا نجنا برحمتك من القوم الكافرين ربنا وسعت كل شيء رحمة وعلما فاغفر للذين تابوا واتبعوا سبيلك وقهم عذاب الجحيم ربنا وأدخلهم جنات عدن التي وعدتهم ومن صلح من آبائهم وأزواجهم وذرياتهم إنك أنت العزيز الحكيم ربنا صل على محمد وآل محمد وبارك على محمد وآل محمد وصل وبارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم Brothers and sisters, whatever the circumstances are, whatever the immediate feeling is, surmount them with your attachment, your integration with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and offer as much love, as much kindness, as much compassion as you can to your family members, to your relatives, to your friends, to your neighbors, acquaintances on this day of Eid, as much as you can. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be in your assistance as long as you are in the assistance of your own self. كل عام وأنتم بخير. We pray and we hope that every year 
will bring a betterment to our condition and a Eid Mubarak and a Eid Sa'id to every Muslim far and near. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Are you in Orlando? Yes, I am. My, my grandson graduated, so he came.